you're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ha! Got him! That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on Mando Season 3, Ahsoka, Jedi Survivor, and all the other great new Star Wars projects we've got coming up in 2023. Uh, Happy New Year to you all. Hope that uh, you had a great holiday season and uh, hope your new year is off to a great start so far. Um, We've got uh, obviously a lot of awesome Star Wars stuff to talk about to look forward to this year and a lot to look back on from last year, which was a huge year. Um, So we're excited to get into it and talk about all this stuff with you guys. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim and Paul. How's it going, guys? It's going good. Excited to be kicking off another year of Star Wars and it looks like to be continuing off what was an awesome year in 2022. It looks to look like it's going to continue in 2023 with the stuff that we got coming up this year. So I am definitely excited to get it going. Yeah, for me, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. I'm, I lost my voice. I'm not sure how long I'm going to be able to make it, but uh, I'm excited to get this thing going and um yeah, just to talk about, to kind of recap a pretty crazy year that I think is going to be an important year for Star Wars going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, and glad to have us all back together. I know I know our last episode was just me and Tim. I think it might have also been just the two of us on the one before that. I'm not sure, but um, glad to have Paul back with us on this one, even though you sound like you need a back to tank. But uh, hopefully we'll all be able to get through this one. It shouldn't be too long of an episode. We don't have a lot of news to cover or um you know any big like trailers or anything like that to talk about but we kind of wanted to do just an episode to to kick off the new year and kind of look back and recap everything from 2022 and then talk about uh everything that's coming up in 2023 and kind of what we're most excited about and just kind of get excited for the new year um as we're recording this on uh tuesday january 3rd it's the day before the bad batch season two comes out um so we are not going to talk about that too much on this on this episode obviously we haven't seen it yet but um you know that'll be our next episode probably in a couple weeks or so we'll uh, be reviewing you know the first couple episodes of the bad batch that have come out up to that point um but yeah we just wanted to do, do kind of a, a recap slash look ahead uh slash just kind of you know hype episode to kick off the year so um let's just go ahead and jump back to uh 2022 um, and just run through kind of all the big Star Wars releases. Obviously, I know the Book of Boba Fett technically came out like two days before the end of 2021, but um, you know that really felt like mostly a 2022 release as we got you know the majority of that show released that year, um, which is wild because I mean that seems so far uh, so far back now that it's like oh yeah that was still um, still part of that year. But 
you know, lots of awesome stuff there. We got Boba Fett, we got Mando, we got Cad Bane, Luke, uh, you know, Pikes, Rancors, all that good stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course, we got Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, we had the premiere at Star Wars Celebration. We had Ewan and Hayden back together. Got to see Obi-Wan and Vader and, uh, you know, Luke and Leia and Bail Organa and Reva and the Grand Inquisitor and, and all kinds of cool stuff going on there. Um, of course, it was also a great year for uh, novels last year. We had um, Star Wars Brotherhood, Star Wars Shadow of the Sith. We had The Princess and the Scoundrel, lots of High Republic stuff. Um, so, you know, tons of stuff going on with the, the books and the comics. Um, and then, of course, towards the end of the year, we got uh, Tales of the Jedi, which was, you know, fantastic for those of us that are into Star Wars animation and getting more prequel era stories with Ahsoka and Dooku. Um, and then, of course, Andor, uh, which, you know, we'd been looking forward to for a long time. And, um, you know, that series was just fantastic and a really cool look at the the early days of the rebellion and, you know, what life is like under the empire and, uh, you know, just some, some really great stuff there. So, um, you know, looking back on all of that. Oh, and then, of course, we had uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga as well on the gaming front. Um, and, you know, of course, also, you know, we've got a lot of new like trailers and, and things to look forward to for next year. Um, but just of those um you know, all those those moments and those series and things that we got last year, what were uh, some of you guys' favorite, just favorite series, favorite moments, overall impressions of, of Star Wars in 2022? It was a great year. I mean, just in regards, whether it's movies or TV shows, I know this year was obviously just mainly TV shows, but the amount of great content that we got was just, it was a special one for me, especially where it focused on a lot of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Um, so it was just awesome to get a year like we did in 2022 with the TV shows that we've gotten. So I couldn't be more excited or, or I should say more pleased with the year we've had at Star Wars in 2022. There was, it was a lot of um, hype and excitement for, for me with the shows that we've got. I'm going to start off by giving some love to the book of Boba Fett because that, especially looking back on it a year now, it's almost like the show that uh, some Star Wars fans and just people in general like to pick on a bit <laughs> to where it's, Kind of the least favored looked upon, I would say, amongst all the shows we've gotten so far. But I love the heck out of it. I did a rewatch of it a few months ago when I was sick with COVID and looking for something to watch. I rewatch all of Book of Boba Fett. And man, I, I just really loved it. And I even did it where I just watched the Boba Fett storyline. Because I obviously, I mean, it's one of those things where some of the best stuff in Book of Boba Fett, he wasn't in it, obviously, with the stuff with Luke and Mando. And that still, even though all that stuff was amazing, it's still kind of like the weird aspect of the show. It just makes you scratch your head where it's like, it makes sense, yes, but when there's two episodes of a series about Boba Fett and he's not in one of them at all and he's just in for like a minute in the next one and doesn't have any dialogue, it's just it's just strange. And at the same time, it's those mixed feelings where it's like, since it's his series and there's two episodes, he didn't get much time in at all. It just feels like, a little bit where we're cheated out of some more Boba Fett time in his own series. But that's like my biggest criticism of it as far as some of the, some little other stuff that didn't work that we went through on our review episodes. But man, I just love the story was gotten Boba Fett in there. His journey from uh, seeing him get out of the Sarlacc pit and just that transformation he took as a character uh, being done with the life of Bounty Hunter. Wanted to build like a new family and a community just based off his experience with the Tuscan Raiders. That's all that stuff was great. I mean, that second episode is just that's 
an all-time Star Wars uh, TV episode. That action sequence on the train and the journey that Boba Fett goes through, and, you just, and just seeing him become one with that tribe of Tusken Raiders, be part of that family, and you could just really see how that would inspire him to want to build that for himself, as we see in the later episodes. So that was amazing, and the finale... Um, that's just if you're just looking for some great Star Wars action that delivered. I mean, seeing Din and Boba team up, two amazing Mando suits going into action, it was just oh, I just loved seeing that. I remember when it was announced Boba would be in Mandalorian, how cool it would be to see them in action together. We got a little taste of that in the tragedy, but it was on full effect here in that season one finale with him and Din going at it and then him going on the Rancor. And then his showdown with Cad Bane, that's what made the finale for me too, just getting a little inside and look of the history that we know they, we, they had, but barely got to see in Clone Wars and just having them just touch on that a little bit. It was just, it, it was all stuff that as a big Star Wars nerd, I was eating up. So yeah, Book of Boba Fett, I thought kicked off the year really great and just made me more excited for what was to come for Star Wars that year with Obi-Wan and then knowing Andor was coming later on. And then, of course, the surprise that was Tale of the Jedi. Um, but I felt Boba Fett or the book of Boba Fett got things off very nicely for Star Wars in 2022. It's something I was really looking forward to and just finally getting the character of Boba Fett, who I was just waiting so much to make a big appearance in this new canon and to have um, have him come out as, as he did in not just The Mandalorian, but have that continue into his series and to see the growth and the direction they took him as a character. I just loved all that stuff. So yeah, I just wanted to give some love for the book of Boba Fett. Cause I don't feel it does get enough love from some star Wars fans. I, th- I think for me um, this year, just, it really just shows the diverse kind of storytelling that yes. star Wars mm-hmm. could do. And that to me is the biggest thing. I mean, there's, it, it's kind of a bummer because people would, love the pit different like shows against each other like mm. uh, the classic one is obi-wan versus andor like this is the star wars that i need and this is crap and this isn't crap and you know or whatever but if you think about it you, we've got book of boba fett we got <clears throat> obi-wan we've got um you know tales of the jedi we got andor you know it's that is a lot of different kinds of storytelling in 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 one year and I just think it really shows you the, again, I, and I'm, says, I'm like a book and record here, but it very much is a good indication of what Star Wars can be in the future. And you don't have, you know, and it, I think the biggest thing is it's not like the medium of like, it can't be uh, television. I'm talking about that, you know, you could do these different kinds of sh- like, you know, Tales of the Jedi, Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan, Andor, and have these different tones in different mediums, not all just television. And I think that to me is the biggest thing about it was it kind of shows you that some people like that Andor idea, you know, and again, I love all of it. You know, I think it's, I think it's great to have different kinds of storytelling in there. But the problem is, is that people are right now is just, it's too, because they're all TV shows they're we're pitting up, we're pitting them against each other and it's just not fair. You know, and I, because I, I definitely think that Obi Wan was geared at a younger audience, whereas, you know, Andor was definitely geared out of one man's, you know, and being Gilroy, one man's desire to make, like, I, you know, I'm going to challenge myself to be a, uh, you know, make a, make a riveting drama out of Star Wars because who, who does that? It's that, 
and now it, it's great, but there is a little bit of like, it's over the top in, in, in some ways. And I, I don't know if it's always genuine. Um, it's coming from a genuine place of love necessarily. It's still good. It's just not something that I think it's a genuine place of like, um, oh yeah, this is legit. Like, you know, you know, does that make any sense? Like it doesn't feel as inspired as, and it's good. I think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's just not always what I'm like. Mm, I don't know if I want Henry Gilroy or is Tony, me, Tony Gilroy always being in charge of Star Wars or doing all these Star Wars projects because he can and he's really good at writing. It's like I, I, that's going to yeah. eventually over say it's welcome. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But I don't think Andor is flawless like everyone else does out there, or not everyone, but a lot of people out there think it is. And I've gone on record many times, you know, showing my my displeasure about a couple, not displeasure, but I've criticized and shown some things that I think people are, are just kind of scoffing at, like, oh, it's no big deal. Um, you know, and again, I, you know, if that's for your thing, no big deal. Like, I, I to me, it's it's Obi Wan and Andor are there two different, they're two things that I'm like, I don't know. Like they're both, they're two things that I, I'm just kind of, uh, I, they both have their strengths and weaknesses. And I just, you know, there's moments of Obi-Wan that I'm like, yeah, it looks a little cheaper at times in Andor. But there's also more, I think, more interesting, cool things in Andor or in Obi-Wan too. So that's just my my take on it. So, but yeah, but I think the biggest thing is, is, is 2022 shows you the diversity of the tones you can have in Star Wars. And that's, and honestly, that's going to pay dividends in like five to eight years from now. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm telling you with Tales of the Jedi, with all this to show the, the audiences are eating it up and they're ready for it. You're preparing them and they're not going to be surprised by a riveting drama or a tone set for all ages families. I think that's a big deal for, for, for storytellers, uh, storytellers uh, going forward. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think that's my biggest takeaway is just the diversity of Star Wars stories that we got in um, 2022. And the fact that at least for me, they all worked at least on some level. I mean, I liked some more than others. Um, and I don't think any of them were perfect, really. I mean, you know, Andor is probably the best one from like a, a filmmaking and direction standpoint. But then like Obi-Wan and Book of Boba Fett had these just like incredible Star Wars moments that and or didn't necessarily have just because it's not based around like these mythical heroes that we love, like, you know, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader and, and Boba Fett and Din Djarin and stuff like that. But it had its own awesome moments just in the way that it, you know, told its story really well and built up tension and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, it's definitely not a matter of pitting one against the other or which one came out on top or which one was the winner or, um, you know, which one needs to be sort of the, the benchmark going forward. I mean, that was something that you would hear a lot, especially with Andor's people saying like, oh, all Star Wars needs to be like this going forward. Or this is what Star Wars TV should be. Um, and, you know, I've said this before, like, I, I disagree with that. I think it's what Andor should be. And I think they're like, I would love to get more Star Wars series like that going forward, but I don't want, I, you know, I, I don't want all of them to be like that. Um, you know, they all have different strengths and weaknesses. They all have different things that they bring to the table. And I think this year was probably the first year that we kind of got the full realization of the um, just sort of the the strength of Disney Plus and, and what you can bring to the table with that and kind of fully realizing the potential of that. Because um, when they first announced this and, you know, that they were going to be doing all kinds of Star Wars series and stuff, it was like, oh, cool. Like, 
I mean, it was kind of like the same idea as when they announced they were going to be doing spinoff films. It's like you could do a lot of cool different ideas that don't have to be, you know, a, a main trilogy about a hero's journey and, and all that kind of stuff. You can do stories about scoundrels and criminal underworld and, you know, one-offs and, um, you know, just different styles, different tones, things like that. And and I think we've really got that this year. And it's kind of a shame to see that we got that. And then people are pitting them against each other, like which one needs to be the thing that Star Wars should be going forward when I think what it should be is a little bit of everything. Um, and like I said, I, I think all of these shows maybe had room for improvement. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved Andor, but it wasn't perfect. And certainly neither were Obi-Wan and Book of Boba Fett. And they definitely had some, some really great high points and also some episodes that were hit or miss or, you know, certain things about the production value or the, um, you know, the, the writing or the pacing of the stories or whatever. Um, but I think all of those shows when they were, you know, sort of hitting their stride and, and firing on all cylinders, I think they all really worked in different ways and I would love to to continue seeing more of that going forward. And Paul, I mean, you're saying, uh, you know, this could pay dividends like several years down the line. I hope it pays immediate dividends. I hope this is sort of the plan for the immediate future. And I think it kind of is. I mean, we, you know, we've talked about how obviously we've got Mando season three and Ahsoka coming out this year that are, you would think going to be pretty similar in terms of tone and style and stuff because they're part of the same kind of Mando universe. And Dave Filoni is involved in both of them and stuff like that. Um, and then we got Skeleton Crew, which, I mean, is a new thing and so could maybe be a little bit different from those two. But as far as we know, it seems like that is also sort of part of the the Mando universe. Um, but I hope that one gets to kind of be its own thing a little bit. You know, you got a different director and John Watts for that one, even though Filoni and Favreau were still involved in it as well. Um, but then also, like, we've got the Acolyte coming up. Uh, you know, we've got new movies on the horizon whenever they eventually get here. Um but, you know, the Acolyte, I'm hoping, is going to be something, you know, completely different. Obviously, it's a different time period. But, you know, we we talked about on our last episode, the leaked images of the Jedi and stuff and um, getting to see some cool new Jedi mythology just through the lens of a different, um, you know, different filmmaker who can bring their own experience to it. So, um, you know, I hope we keep getting this going forward. I hope we get like three or four Star Wars series a year and that they're all different and cool in their own ways and, uh you know, as long as it all feels part of the same universe and all, you know, shares that connection of the, uh, you know, the the hope and the, um, you know, just the inspiration and the fun that all Star Wars stories share, um, you know, they don't all have to look exactly alike or, or be made the exact same way. Um, you know, it, it's funny, like I was recently watching, um, I watched a couple episodes of The Mandalorian and I think the last thing I, the last Star Wars thing I had watched before that had been Andor. And just by comparison, like if you, if you watch all of Andor and then put on an episode of The Mandalorian, like it's almost jarring at first how sort of, for lack of a better word, goofy, just some of the dialogue and stuff seems in comparison to Andor because it's so much more serious and, um, you know, just, just well-written and, and tight and tense and everything. But once you kind of settle into that mode of like, just kind of switch your brain and be, and not, not turn your brain off. Cause I know that's something people say a lot for stories that are more kind of like loose, fun, like popcorn movie type things where they're like, Oh, just turn your brain off and you'll have fun. I'm not saying you got to turn your brain off to enjoy Mandalorian, but you got to switch your brain into a mode where you're not expecting Andor. Um, 
but you get into uh, a st style of storytelling that's a lot more sort of fun and fast paced and fly by the seat of your pants and just going off on these adventures across the galaxy. And then, of course, once you get into it, you realize, you know, you got dark sabers and force sensitive Yoda babies and, you know, <laughs> Tusken Raiders and armies of Mandalorians and all this kind of stuff that Andor doesn't get to that big exactly. fun scope of. Right. Like it's, and it's so they. And, like and switching back and forth between the two, you know, I, I said this to Tim too because uh, when I went out to visit him, like we watched an episode of Andor and then we watched an episode of Book of Boba Fett right after that, and it, it was, but it was uh, one of the episodes with Mando in it. And so right off the beginning of the episode, you're seeing Mando with the dark saber and everything, and I went, man, I missed this. Like as much as I love Andor, I miss seeing this kind of stuff. But then going from like Mando or Obi-Wan into Andor and seeing, you know, just that higher level of production value and stuff. It's like, man, I miss this. Um, so there can be stuff that you enjoy about each of these that is not necessarily a negative that each of the other ones have. The other thing too is Andor, I think took them a lot longer to make. Like we've known that Andor was coming. I think they first announced it back in like 2019, maybe. It's like the second series that we knew was coming. Yeah, I, I I keep forgetting if it was either 2019 or 2020 that we saw that first kind of like sizzle reel for sizzle reel for it, um, and you know I mean a lot has been made of like their decision to not use the volume and actually build full sets and everything, and I mean they really shot this like a 12 hour film, and you can tell like they put a lot of time and work into it. You know, it's a longer season; it's 12 episodes, so it's like you wait three, four years for something like that. And then we're getting a season two. And I think it's probably going to be a couple years from now because it's not filming till next year. Um, so, you know, we're probably going to get that 2024 at the earliest. Meanwhile, you've got Mando and Book of Boba Fett and stuff that is, you know, they're shooting that on the volume and cranking out a season a year pretty much. Um, so it's just a, it's a different storytelling style. It's a different filmmaking style. And it's like, you know, take your pick. Do you want a, a more mature um film-like drama series that takes four years to shoot or do you want a uh you know a more fun fast-paced series where they can crank out a season every year and it may not be as good from a production standpoint but you're gonna get a lot of fun great star wars stories well the good news is you don't have to choose between one or the other because we live in an era where we can have both and that's awesome yes and just how great it was pretty much having star wars content to look forward to throughout the entire year where there wasn't a long gap where there wasn't some new star Wars thing to look forward to. And that's, I think 2022 was like the first year where we really had that throughout the course of like pretty much each season of the year, we had something and it was just awesome to go through a whole year like that, where just when you think um, you had your star Wars content to enjoy for the year, it's like, Nope, there's more coming. And just and we're in the middle of the year with Obi-Wan finale. We get this amazing sequence between Obi-Wan and Vader. That's a Star Wars all-time moment. And then you think, well, that's it for Star Wars in 2022. But nope, we got more stuff to look forward to by the time we get to the end of the year. So just having 2022 kind of be the kickoff of getting that type of Star Wars content throughout the whole year and knowing that it's going to continue for the foreseeable future, or at least the next couple of years anyway, with the shows that we know are coming. It's just It was just a great feeling as a Star Wars fan to have that and to know that we have all the Star Wars content to look forward to in just one year. It was just, it was just awesome getting to watch new Star Wars on a weekly basis for throughout so much throughout the course of 2022, and just enjoying, yeah. <clears throat> enjoying the heck out of it each week. Even for the like the weaker episodes, there's always going to be something where you're just going to have fun and enjoy it too. So it's just great to have that all year round. I think that's 
what really set 2022 apart from other years of Star Wars and which, like we talked about, hopefully kicks off um, kind of that being the norm in the foreseeable future. Well, I think that also, if you look at what, you know, you said, Kyle, that you think it will pay dividends sooner. And I'm not saying that it won't, but I'm saying is I don't think you'll feel the full impact of the significance of what the what they did this year until about five to eight years. I think there's going to be a response to um, what people like and don't like. Um, and I, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I think the like the kinds of stories that they can tell because they're, they're already written. Everything that's coming out next year is is not due to response or reaction from as far as the storytelling, maybe production wise. Yes, but not not the actual like content itself for the most part. I think all that will be a lot of this will be dictated later on in learning from what what generally fans are into, not into kind of a thing. And I, I think um, the one thing that Andor has done better than anything is the fact that you've got a lot of experienced film people making a TV show. And that to me is what people are underestimating. I think that when you look at um, Deborah Chow, she's experienced in in high quality film, um, you know, TV you know, medium, uh, the TV medium. Whereas Tony Gilroy and everything, there he's done feature films for the most part. Like he knows how to run a, a type film production and, and and write for that. And you know, so I think that's what's really interesting is that you know what does that mean? And maybe you do. Like, like Marvel's kind of you know dipping back a little bit as far as how many TV series they're doing. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe Star Wars needs to do the same because I think if you put out like three TV series a year, I might be a little overkill, to be quite honest. And um, we only got, I think we only got two, right? No, three. We got three. We got Book of Boba Fett, basically, Obi-Wan and Andor. And that's that's a little overkill, to be honest. Mm. It's great for us. I know, would disagree, we'll make- but I could kind of see where some might no, listen, listen, listen. I, I know, and, and, and yes, for us, we want this stuff all the time. The problem is the more you do it, the less impactful it's going to be over time. And with Marvel, that it's already gotten that way for me. And you guys know I'm a Marvel zombie. I live for that stuff, man. Star Wars isn't there yet, but it's getting there closely. And I, I just think that the more we wait and give us more, I, I think we'll be less harsh on things like Obi-Wan and maybe, you know, whatever, and we'll and, and Book of Boba Fett if we're having them spaced out a little bit better. And I just think that's the thing right now is that I think they're going overkill for Disney Plus. And because because realistically with the streaming wars, it's still the wild, wild west and, and they don't know what to do. And I think they're trying to figure out that balance because Marvel is, get, I think, to be honest, is getting a little bit more fatigue and Star Wars isn't there yet, but as far as that level goes, Marvel's still doing well, but they're, they're, they've hit a wall a little bit, and, and it could be for a number of different reasons. Part of it, I think, is that the TV shows are way too much, and they haven't gotten there yet, but they're kind of headed there. And I think that the, the Star Wars needs to really look at themselves and say, what do, do we want to do two series a year, or do we want to do one series a year? Or you know, three series might be too much, and I think it is. Because I think when you do that, Tim... The problem is the quality will go down because production, you're not going to be able to put as much money in the productions. And to be honest, I want quality over quantity. And I just think that Book of Boba Fett, I think, um, you know, Mandalorian, didn't, you know, that, that wasn't a part of it. Sorry. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, 
I think, and not all of it, but parts of it, and even Obi Wan, parts of it did suffer quality wise. From I think from a from a production standpoint, I think Andor was different because it was built over a longer period of time, like Kyle said, and so it didn't have those things. And I think it also had a different, you know, of someone else who had more experience in filmmaking and really I think fought for having qual, you know, those things and really maximized what they used. So I think that going forward, I think that 2022 proved to me that Star Wars needs to be like, and not just Star Wars, Marvel too, but in this instance, because of the Star Wars show, I think they need to pull back on the amount of shows they put out a year because I want to see quality shows, not quantity. See, I also would disagree with that a little bit only because I definitely agree with you that it felt like there was some Marvel fatigue this year. Um, but like we've been having multiple Marvel projects a year for the past 10 years, whereas it feels like Star Wars, at least with the TV stuff and with Disney Plus, is just kind of hitting their stride. Um, like I said, at least, you know, finally realizing the potential of Disney Plus and the ability to have multiple Star Wars series a year. Um, and they're all focused on, you know, big characters that people care about. And in the case of The Mandalorian, like continuing stories that people are already but invested Kyle, in. Kyle, here's the thing. Andor's ratings would prove otherwise that's fair um and I, see andor is a weird uh a weird it's getting, thing it's where getting like, a little bit of a boost because of it's getting a boost because of like the critical acclaim and the awards it's getting yeah but, you know i i all the stuff i've been looking into because I, I keep try, i try to get you know, again i don't do a lot of research but the research that we've already heard and i've and i've heard in other things that i trust like the nielsen stuff you know and it's it's not there like Andor's bumped, a, got a little bit of a bump since it stopped and people are able to binge it. And because of the awards, it's starting to get a little bit more, um, you know, whatever. But think about this. Think about how much the money they put into that and, and how much return they need. Um, it may it may end up doing well because of the awards and, 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 the, and the buzz. But in the end, think about this. If it didn't have awards buzz, then that thing would be dead in the water. And they'd be screwed. And right, so that's but, what I'm saying. But, but no, listen, if Skeleton Crew comes in and does what Andor does, I guarantee you it's not going to be, I mean, I'm assuming it's not going to be as well written as Andor. I mean, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. I think I, John Watt, is a good director and writer. But what I'm saying is, if that goes out and has the same ratings as Andor, Disney's going to be pissed. And they're not going to be wanting to be like, oh, we should put out more Star Wars live action series. The Andor is the first thing that they're going to be like, uh, we may need to like ta taper it back a bit. Well, right. But again, I, I don't think that has to do with the number of shows because Andor certainly didn't suffer in quality. Uh. Andor did not suffer in quality because of the number of Star Wars shows coming out this year. That seems to be the general consensus with Marvel, especially because they're all more kind of under one well, umbrella. Well, like they're all one was though that they were. No, 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 exactly. But those did better in the rating. So I'm just saying the you can't like whatever the issue with andor is as far as it not doing as well in the ratings it's not because of the number of star wars shows that were put out this no, year if andor was it's i fatigue, though that's i don't thing. think so I, I just think it's the type of show andor yeah was, i think it's the I, I don't i don't think, I think so. it's I think, the i think it's the type of show and i think it's the fact that it's you know revolves around a character from row one that maybe not everybody 
uh, resonated with super well. It was better than Andor, but it wasn't as successful as, you know, as Obi-Wan. So it's it, it it did well, but not well. It still it did better than no no. no. Um, but here, let me let me finish my thought on Andor though, because I'm again, it's not like Andor maybe wasn't marketed the best. I think a lot of people didn't know what to expect of the show coming into it. They weren't, you know, maybe just you know weren't sure what it was going to be. Um, I know a lot of people after the first few episodes, you know, didn't catch on to it right away just because it starts off kind of slower. I have a coworker That's who's really, thing, I yeah, I have a coworker who's also a really big Star Wars fan and he got like four episodes into Andor and was like, I'm bored. Like I, he stopped keeping up with it for a while. And then as it got later in the season with the really good episodes, like the eye and one way out, I kept telling him, I'm like, man, you got to get back into Andor. It gets really good. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, do I want to, is it really worth it? And then like just recently, I think maybe after Christmas or something, he came back and told me like, Hey, I finally finished Andor. And like, you were right. It was really good. Um, but you know, it took that long to, to hook him in and, and get him into it. And like, he's a really big star Wars fan. Um, so, I mean, I, again, there's, I feel like there's a, a whole host of issues why it maybe didn't resonate with the general public and why people weren't just super excited for it. And also, obviously, with, you know, stuff that we're, we're used to with Star Wars at this point, you know, we're used to the familiar characters like the Obi-Wans and the Boba Fetts and the, the big character cameos and the, the big hype trailers and everybody looking forward to the big twists and reveals and stuff. And Andor didn't have any of that stuff. Andor is just a good show with good acting and good storytelling. Like it doesn't, it sort of doesn't fit that mold of like the show that blows up on social media that everybody is super hyped about every week. I mean, after every episode of Andor, I wasn't like, Oh man, I got to go talk about this or I got to go, you know, watch a bunch of videos or see what everybody else is saying on Twitter. Like it didn't, it didn't sit with me for a whole week the same way that like an episode of the Mandalorian where Ahsoka or Luke shows up with the, for the first time is going to sit with me for a week. But I would still sit there and go, man, that was a really good episode and I can't wait to watch the next one. But um, I think but you're, you got to realize these shows are so expensive, man. You can't take that risk all the time. That's my point. So you can't like go. Yeah. Well, this no, no, no. But again, my, coming, coming back to the original point. That risk has nothing to do with the number of shows that they put out this year. Yes, it I does, think if and, no, I think if I think out. if Andor was if Andor was the only Star Wars show that came out this year, it would have had the same problem. Maybe more I'd people would have tuned. Maybe more people would have tuned in just because they're like, oh, I haven't seen any other Star Wars stuff this year. There might have been a little bit more like hunger for just anything Star Wars. But I think you would have had a lot of the same reaction. They're like. Because if you look you at people's have... reaction, if you just go on Twitter and look at people's reactions to like Miss Marvel or Moon Knight or like really anything in the MCU phase four that people aren't in love with, which is a lot of it. And a lot of people are just saying like, oh, it's burnout. Oh, it's fatigue. Oh, it hasn't been yeah, the same since Endgame. Because here's, but here, but, but here's people aren't though. saying that about Andor. But but, but no, pe people are saying what it's going on is there's a, there's a certain loud there's a certain loud portion who are like, this is the best Star Wars ever. It's a small portion of Twitter, okay? But the problem is when you look at all the stats, everything is low. There's lack of interest. And I think right, part but of I'm just saying I haven't heard anybody saying that that lack of interest is because there's been too much Star Wars. The other two series before that have a play in that. Regardless of what you think, I think that you have to look at that as a as a consideration. I'm just and saying, show me the show me the proof. Who's saying that? Who, I just, who was saying no, that they no, didn't I'm like Andor because I mean, it was too much Star Wars? That. That's the proof, homie. That's the proof. Is the numbers? 
The numbers show it. And it's because it's not just. But the numbers can be what they are for a variety of reasons. Exactly. But that is a part of it, though. That's my point. Because WandaVision and Loki and Falcon Winter Soldier, all three of those did were all, I would say, pretty positively received. It was the next phase after that that people were like, eh, we're getting burned out. Like Moon Knight wasn't as great and those kind of things. I mean, Loki, I mean, for me, it was, there was it, they jammed a lot at once. And all I'm, I'm not saying it's the only reason I'm saying is it because again, Andor was a, it's a little bit more of a different, a different animal for a lot of different reasons. But I do think that because people are like kind of hard on Obi-Wan and they're kind of hard on Book of Boba Fett. I think by the time you get to that lack of that, that unknown character, people are kind of like already kind of, they're quasi checked out. And that's the thing that you, I, not you, but I think people who are, are you underestimate that idea because you can only go to the well so many times with new characters. Okay. Or with old characters, excuse me. And you're going to eventually have to develop new characters because how many times are you going to be able to go to Boba Fett? And Mandalorian is, is, is improving. They can do it. The problem is if right now, like at that point, they've already kind of like, they kind of set themselves up a little bit. Now, granted, I love Obi-Wan and I like Book of Boba Fett. I just think Andor, when you put in that nuance kind of feel on it, it makes it, it you kind of in, in your head of a kind of a mixed reaction. I mean, Obi-Wan had, had good ratings initially. I'm not, I think it towards the end of May tailed off a little bit. Wasn't as drastic as, you know, maybe some people make it out to be, but there was a little bit of a dip. And it, it, but initially it was one of the highest, you know, shows because freaking, you know, Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, it's, it's a winning combination. Um, you know, it didn't have as as a lasting power, I think, as Disney maybe wanted to. Um, I still think we'll probably get a second season, to be honest. But I just think that, like, those things played a part. Book of Boba Fett played a part in Andor. It kills your excitement for that nuanced character that maybe they weren't super stoked on. It does kill that excitement. It's kind of like Last Jedi and, and Solo. You can tell me all day long that Last Jedi had no effect on Solo. I'm like, bullcrap. That movie definitely had played a part in people's like, excitement for for that movie. At okay, bar none. Yes, absolutely. But that's a completely different animal. Like it, Last but, Jedi but got it, way it, it, more same, critical backlash than Book of Boba Fett did. I, I, or well, I, I, I would say Book of Boba Fett got some critical backlash. It got some. But it was not. And Obi Wan. I have. Too. I haven't seen. I haven't seen anything as divisive as the Last Jedi in. Well, yeah, that, that's gonna go down. I mean, I'm glad you at least can say that about the movie. Um, but uh, but here's the thing. I, I just I just think that 2022 shows I, again. I still love all. Th- I love all three. I mean, that very very clear. But there is. I think Disney needs to be smarter how they release these things, and I I think they need to spread them out even more. And I think not always because because again, I love Obi Wan, but there are parts that that look cheap, and it's it's weird when I look at Andor and it looks amazing, and I'm like, where? Why is that? And it, it, I think part it's a it's not just one thing, but I think there is a problem because I think if you keep putting out these shows three times a week, the problem is these there are going to suffer production wise, and people aren't going to like like they're going to be like, eh, this is kind of cheap. It's going to be kind of a bummer. And I don't want that to happen. I want stores to look effing amazing all the time. And I'll be honest, parts of Book of Boba Fett looked amazing. Parts of it looked awful. And, you know, and parts, the same thing with Obi-Wan. Uh, for the most part, I would say Andor looks incredible. 
And I don't know what, what the answer is exactly. And I think it's a combination. Again, it's, there's no perfect answer. It's a combination. I don't want Star Wars to get in that, that, to, into that because of what's going to happen. It, the quality is going to go down. People are going to tune out. Like, this looks cheap. It's just going to be, it's reality. I think, and I think Miss Marvel and Moon Knight and those other TV shows, they definitely suffered from it. So that's just, again, this is my, my, my take on that at this point for Star Wars in 2022. I think you saw the repercussions of having a lot of productions in things in the production. Cause think about this way, you know, as well as I do, Kyle, that's a lot of special effects houses that are busy. They can't, they can't put a lot of attention for this stuff. And, you know, and I don't know where Andor is again, fits into that, but at, I mean, it's not just Star Wars, you know, fighting for it. So that's why I wanted them to pull back because I want quality shows. And I know, I think we put out three Star, Star, Star Wars series, listeners like mini series, like four episodes long. I don't think, I think it's going to suffer. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I we definitely could get to a point where, like, if they continue doing three, four Star Wars series a year, it definitely could suffer. Um, and it could definitely get to a point where it feels like too much. I mean, heck, I was even worried about that when they first announced the movies and they said the sequel trilogy is coming out two years apart. In between that, we're doing spinoff movies and there's going to be a Star Wars movie every year for the foreseeable future. And at that point, we were used to having movies every three years and then a long gap in between trilogies. And I was afraid that that was going to feel like too much and it was going to lose its its specialness. Um and, you know, now we're at a point where we're getting three, four Disney Plus series a year. But I, at least with Star Wars, I'm loving it because I agree with everything that you're saying about Marvel starting to feel like it's getting a bit too much. But I think I think it's a completely different animal. I think because, again, Marvel's been doing this for years and they've already gotten to a point where, I mean, they had something like Endgame where they had built up several years of multiple stories a year. And it all it culminated in this one giant epic thing. And then phase four has just kind of felt like, well, we got to keep telling stories. And there hasn't been a continuous through line to season or to, to phase four, like there were for the earlier phases, all building up to that infinity saga. It just kind of feels like content for the sake of content. Star Wars doesn't feel like that, at least not to me. And it certainly has the potential that it could get to that point. That's something that, you know, you got to keep an eye on. Um, but it's but a, for, to me, phase four right isn't now, only, is, is the story isn't, isn't always the issue though. It's 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 the quality. That's the, I think that to me is the biggest problem because when I look at Moon Knight, Moon Knight's problem. I think part of it was story. Part of it was because they didn't want Moon Knight in the show because it's so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but seriously, that's no, the you're problem. right. Yeah. And Miss Marvel yeah. is the same kind of thing. It's like they're just kind of like, well, we're we're gonna embiggen every once in a while, you know, and then you know whatever. And again, I like Miss Marvel too. I'll, and Moon Knight, not, it's it's one of my favorite Marvel characters of all time. But that show bummed me out because Moon Knight wasn't in it. And that's, I think, Andor is a great example of that they really they they towed that line of like, we have a set, we're gonna go to it. And I don't mean to keep interrupting you because I don't I don't think stories were necessarily the problem necessarily well, no. I'm, I'm not talking about just <laughs> stories though but stories production values like just kind of churning things out um because star see, that's my point i think you can't you can't i don't think you can say that and i'm not trying to be a jerk here but if you look up not not again andor looks amazing all pretty much all the way through but book of boba fett and 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 obi-wan they had some pretty cheap moments you have to say that 
Oh yeah, no, I Vader I, pulling the ship is the biggest one. Yeah, no, Vader pulling the ship, the, all the stuff in Book of Boba Fett. Ironically, like it was a big deal that they got Robert Rodriguez to come back and executive produce that series and direct yeah. three episodes yeah, of it. Yeah. And I think his, I think his three episodes are the worst looking ones, um, worst, especially with like yeah. that. Well, that speed the last episode's good. Yeah, the Rand Force sequence <laughs> Even was great. that, like, oh really? There's, there's moments, moments. There are moments moment. in that third it's episode, or cheap. in that in that final episode, that that but I feel like could have been done cheap. a lot better. That third episode he did is looks cheap. Yeah, yeah. The third the episode, for yeah. Sure. That bike um, chase, yeah. That's that's infamous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even in the fight, even in the final episode, I mean, there's a ton of action, but like not all of it is good action or exciting action. I would say. I remember the hey, first the time I watched. Was amazing. The first time I watched that episode, I felt like, man, this is goofy. And then, like, I liked it more on subsequent watches, but it was not what I was hoping what it would, what it would, what I was hoping it would be the first time. Um, but yes, like those series certainly have production issues, and like I said, that's just the nature of cranking out shows quickly. And as much as I would love for them to take their time and for every show to look as good and be as well produced and well directed as Andor, unfortunately, when you have a company like Disney that's got to put content out there for its streaming service and got to make money and got to keep those subscriptions flowing in, they're not going to do that with every series. They might take that risk every once in a while with a series like Andor, where they give them you know two or three years to invest in a season and then you're going to have your other stuff where they're going to be like hey we need a new season every year um or at least you know in the case of of mando i mean we had kind of two years in between because we had book of boba fett but it's a lot of the same people working on both so um now obi-wan is kind of the outlier because that was something that was in development for a long time and it was kind of unfortunate that that had so many kind of cheap looking moments as it did um especially i remember i criticized it a lot when we were talking about it for some of its use of the volume because i felt like there were a lot of backgrounds that looked just kind of flat and and it looked like they they shot it on the volume and didn't put as much sort of time or care or just weren't as proficient with it as the crew making the mandalorian and then I watched the behind the scenes documentary and realized some of those sets that I thought were bad green screen or bad volume backgrounds were actually physical sets that just didn't look very good on camera for some reason. So maybe they just had a bad cinematographer for that show. I don't know. Um, but regardless, I mean, going back to, you know, you talking about the ratings for Andor, it's like Andor was the certainly the best of the shows this year from a production standpoint and yet suffered the most in the ratings. And then you had Obi-Wan and Book of Boba Fett that were maybe thrown together a little more quickly, you know, had some more tape showing at the seams and yet they did better in the ratings. And so that's why I'm saying you can't pin all of this on you know it's not all up to production values it's not all up to the star wars fatigue or whatever there's you know there's a lot of different issues going on there's a lot of different things in play like you said with these streaming wars nobody really knows what's going on anyways um well, but that, you know I mean, whatever but right, i just but think that, i i just think whatever issue you have whether it's production value whether it's ratings you can't just point to one single thing and say oh it's because of this i agree but that, but that's my point though. If they're either way, it doesn't matter. If they're not getting the results they need from it, whether it be because of production, because of this or that, there's too many. They're gonna have to dial it back. I think that's the thing. I think that I think I've heard through the grapevine or whatever. I mean, like rumors that they're trying to dial back not just Marvel but a lot of things because the the Disney Plus through the pandemic helped them. It kept them some kind of steady cash flow, but the problem is that they've they've kind of run out 
kind of a thing. That's what I've some again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's the impression I get. It's not like this Disney Plus is like this perfect animal. It's it's not like they have to be very careful with it. And I think right now, <coughs> excuse me, um, they're trying to figure out how to work it because the streaming wars in general is it, getting interesting. And, and not in a good way as far as for these things, because they're not as profitable, I think, as they thought they were going to be. I think initially they, they, it happens, but with the churn, with Netflix and everything, they, they're starting to feel it. And Star Wars yeah. is, it, like I said, like it, with, with special effects houses feeling the feeling the heat, there's going to be a lot more. And I, I just I just think I think two Star Wars series a year is perfect. I don't see there's anything wrong with that. I think three is kind of. With, with ahead, Disney Plus, it's like, what do they have other than Marvel and Star Wars right now for them to kind of scale back on and put something yeah, they else on there? Well, they have, they yeah. have movies and stuff like that. But that's like out. their other biggest, but nothing is like that's going to get people to subscribe. I mean, yeah, those are like their two biggest properties. Yeah, if they kind of scale back on that, it's almost like they don't have anything else to fill that. Right. That's going to well, generate that much buzz or subscribers for people to be interested in. Well, may, may, and may I, let me, let me throw in something here, guys, because I, I can tell you right now, as 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 a, as someone who has a child, um, I can tell you right now that uh, I if I was not into Star Wars or Marvel, I'd keep Disney Plus around because my daughter freaking like we live off Disney Plus for her. Uh, like I, sure, I mean, just have like, all those classic Disney movies too. <laughs> I mean, well, well right, but but not that. I, I mean, I watch Mickey Mouse, and I watch you know. Um, you know, I, you know, it's like, so for me, it's, 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 a little, it's kind of like, it's, it's a no brainer, but for the people out there who are, you know, it's again, when things get tough and as my kid gets older and doesn't want to watch or, you know, making stuff, you know, Mickey and all that stuff anymore, you know, <clears throat> it's going to get more interesting because if I'm not into Marvel or Star Wars, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, see ya. You know, so mm -hmm. yeah. that's what I'm saying, and, and, and I, which I again is why, from a business standpoint, they have to keep cranking out they, a lot of shows to keep can, people engaged my, and keep people's but, attention. But the problem is, you can't just keep throwing five hundred million dollars at these things because they're not worth it if they're not getting the ratings, homie. So well, that's what yes, I'm exactly, and that's why I'm saying that's but, why but, you but, that's but how Kyle, you end you up with the cheaper shows. Prove, but you can't prove one way or another. So you're telling me you're gonna want like, oh yeah. Let's just instead of doing five hundred million per show, let's do two fifty and give me three shows a year. Hell no, I would not want that. No, I'm not saying not they should. That. I'm not saying they should do that. I'm saying that's what they're already doing. For like for but, season one of the Mandalorian, that like that was a, a hundred million dollar budget, and I'm pretty sure they probably are doing about the same for each other season. Now Andor was probably more. That was probably closer to two or three hundred million. Um, maybe I don't even know because you know it's not like they had a lot of big A list stars. I think it was, they, I think they it was more building a ton of big more, sets. Right they had more there. episodes. They had more. Episodes. Yeah, they also had they had more episodes. So Andor definitely would have been a higher budget than Bando, Obi Wan. And they ain't Book seen their return Fett. on that, are they? What? Maybe, maybe not. I'm, but you know, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they should do more shows like Andor. I'm not saying they should put that level of production and budget into everything. In fact, that's exactly what I said they should not do. Is that I love well, that we get the variety and we get if both. You put, but 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 here's the thing, man. If you but I think to me, I I don't I just don't think three shows a year is going to do yourself any good. It two shows alone is enough, and that's the thing. This is what I'm saying with with Disney Plus and what they're doing. They have to diversify because they can't just keep putting out shows. If you put, and that's why I think movies become important for them. I think that's another reason why they're like crap. We gotta we gotta make some movies. Because the thing is, 
if you do a movie, you can at least put it out theatrically, break even on that, and throw it on Disney Plus a couple months later, and people have a reason to keep Disney Plus. If you keep putting on these shows, you have no return on your investment. You have to rely completely on the lack of churn. And that obviously isn't working for them as much because there's been a lot of that they're freaking out. And, and I don't think you're right. Marvel's not, they're not there to Marvel yet, but the quality is starting to suffer and they are starting to see that go, you know, people let lose of interest. And I do definitely think that Obi-Wan and Book of Boba Fett has contributed to that. And this is my point. You're right. It's not quite there yet, but you don't want it to get to that point either. That's why I'm saying pull back. If you pull back a little bit, you're going to save yourself, I think, in the end. And I don't think the two to three, two series a year is at, is saying you're going to like, they need to have more. I think they might actually, they'll break, you'll still make the amount of the same with three series as with two quality series. And I, I like next year, I don't even know. Are we getting three series next year? Hasn't yeah, been well, I mean, like technically, crew hasn't have a t- official date yet, though. Te- yeah, technically, we're probably getting five because we're getting Mando season three. We're getting Ahsoka. We're getting um, the uh, Bad Batch season two. We're getting uh, supposedly getting another season of Visions this year. We don't have a, a release date for that yet, but they said spring twenty twenty three. And then and then we're getting and then we're getting Skeleton Crew action. presumably by action. the end of the year. Live action, live action, because I think the, the, having a different animated series is is a little bit different and cheaper. So let's go with only only live action series. Okay, yeah. So live action, we're presumably getting three if Skeleton Crew comes out this year, which we don't know for sure. But I guarantee that won't be coming out this year. They're gonna push that. No one one thousand percent. There's no doubt. No doubt. Mark my word. I'm calling it now. Mm. They're gonna move that out because they're already moving out majority of Marvel series, and it's not because it's just Marvel's like you know the lack of interest. Blah blah blah. They're trying to save because you know they're hurting, right? I mean the stocks are down whatever they need to save a lot i can promise you skeleton crew ain't coming out it may come out one episode at the end of the year or maybe two at the most but i wouldn't even i wouldn't i'd count that next year anyway that's just me i i would still say that counts as a 2023 release but i don't know like i said we don't have a a release date for it yet but i don't know again just i don't i'm not feeling that that star wars fatigue yet um, I think Andor was just kind of its own thing. I mean, heck, again, you look at the ratings for Andor, but then you look at how hyped people are for Mando season three and Ahsoka. I think, I well, think yeah. the, I think, yeah, I think the issues with Andor are not due to, uh, you know, the, the issues with the ratings. I don't think it's due to a Star Man, Wars. Mando's, Mando's, a different, Mando's a different animal of its own. And it remains to be seen about Ahsoka. I, I'm stoked for Ahsoka. Let me be wrong. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm saying that Mando is its its own beast and it's earned that. And I don't think you're going to, and I think you're, it'd have to take a really bad season to like to, to ruin that goodwill. Ahsoka remains to be seen. This is, I think that to me will be the true outlier. If Ahsoka struggles, then, then they have a problem. I don't think it will, but if it does, then you know Star Wars is hitting Star Wars fatigue if it struggles. But maybe yeah, and it won't. I hope it does. I'll agree with you there that if, you know, if Ahsoka doesn't do well, that they're in trouble. But again, I go back to 
if it doesn't do well for some reason, I don't think it's going to be due to Star Wars fatigue. Like, I, I think it's going to do really well. But if for whatever reason it doesn't, I can't see a scenario where, like, if you put it in a separate year that it wasn't the same year as Mando, that that would hugely impact how well it does. Because um, especially when you're dealing with with popular characters like Mando and Ahsoka, like, that demand is there regardless of when you put it out. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. I For me, I'm excited that, you know, at least riding this wave for hopefully at least a couple years or so of getting these multiple series a year. Because like I said, we've had this with Marvel for a while. And I think the, the fatigue there is not just with the amount of shows, but it's the fact that, you know, I think in this past year, people felt the quality starting to dip compared to previous years when we still had a lot of Marvel projects that were all really good. Whereas with Star Wars, this is the first time that we've gotten this many Star Wars series. And, um, you know, for the most part, there's been stuff to love about all of them. So I'm excited for next year. And, uh, you know, if they keep up this level of quality, and I know not everything's perfect. I know they got the, got some production issues and stuff. But I think all of us would agree and people would generally agree that and or uh, Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan were all good series. Um you know, I'll take that every year as long as they keep making them that good. So, same. That's the thing where it's like, again, with everyone saying, and we all agree, where, yeah, there are some production issues where you could tell it's a TV show. But at the same time, it's not to where, like, maybe for a second, we're like, oh, yeah, I noticed that. Oh, that looks like something for TV. But then I'm just right back into being engrossed in the story and the characters that I'm watching. It doesn't take me out of it for a good amount of time to where, I mean, if we get that consistency for where we're getting three shows, a year and it's like it's like this for most of those years i'm i'm down with that because like i just said before i just loved having that feeling of knowing there's all this star wars content throughout the course of the year and at least for me personally just enjoying it as it is despite a few hiccups here and there in certain episodes so if this is how it would be i mean i'll sign up for that every year yeah and i mean you got to keep in mind too again we're the the hardcore fans that are dissecting this stuff and um, I know all of these shows weren't, you know, universally loved even among, you know, sort of the general public, but at least the stuff that we're kind of nitpicking, you know, if you're watching Book of Boba Fett or, or you know, Obi-Wan or something and you're going, man, that was a really cool moment or that was a really cool episode or this is a really cool fight between Obi-Wan and Vader. But like, I just wish that this line of dialogue was delivered a little bit better or I wish that this background looked a little bit better or I wish that, you know, they had just spent an extra month on production or, or put a little bit more money into the budget just to polish this up a little bit. The majority of people aren't thinking about that. You know, kids who love star Wars who are watching the shows aren't thinking about that. Um, and like you said too, Tim, I mean, it's just kind of the nature of TV. Um, you know, with movies, they're putting a lot more into the budget. They're, they're, and, you know, even movies aren't perfect either. I think even George Lucas said, um, I think it was Lucas who said, and I, you know, I've heard other artists and directors say something similar, but I think Lucas had a quote one time that he's like, you know, I never finish a movie. I just keep working on it until they pry it out of my hands and tell me I have to release it. Yeah. Um, movies are like that. And TV shows are the same way, even maybe to even more of an extent that like, you know, it's it's smaller budgets, it's faster turnaround times. Um, and even though we're living in an age of higher budget TV shows and and them being able to do more with production value and special effects and stuff on TV, it's not always going to be perfect. And sometimes, you know, the, they're they're making these stories and, you know, you got to realize there's a lot of people involved, a lot of moving parts. And sometimes you got to get it to where it's just good enough that you can release it and people will enjoy it. It's not always going to be perfect. So um, I'm not saying that I would rather have quantity over quality, but 
you know, I, I think especially when you're dealing with TV and just in the landscape that we're in where everybody's trying to put out content for their streaming services and stuff, it's like, yes, in an ideal world, would I love to have Star Wars stories come out every couple of years where every series is well-crafted and has, you know, lots of money and time and care and everything put into it? Yeah, obviously I would love that. But, you know, that's just not the world that we're living in right now. And, you know, as long as we get a nice balance of both and we get a, a decent amount of, you know, a variety of fun stories that are all pretty well made that they feel like, you know, somebody put some some good time and love and care into it to make a good show and a good story. You know, I'm happy with that. And like I said, I'm, I'm happy with uh, what we got with that for this year and, uh, you know, hope they continue that trend moving forward and maybe iron out some of the issues and keep streamlining their process and the volume technology and all that kind of stuff. You know, again, I would love it if going forward everything we get next year is even better than everything that we got this year but you know realistically i'm just hoping that it's good and enjoyable yeah and i think that will be the case especially just for the next series that are coming up with mandalorian and ahsoka which i mean we'll see all this talk about if shows how many shows we're going to get in the year for things still plan out if it follows the 2022 plan where obviously mandalorian's coming in march and I just think May has to be Ahsoka. There's always something big that has to drop um, for May, whether it's May the 4th or just, you know, Star Wars is associated with the month of May for big releases since that's when the first one came out. So I'm still banking on Ahsoka coming out sometime in May. And that would be a pretty short gap because that's Boba Fett or Mandalorian starts in March. It's going to finish in probably the end of April so. Maybe Ahsoka might be the end of May for like Memorial Day weekend release like Obi-Wan was. Or maybe, um, despite how I feel about May being a big month for Star Wars, having a big release there, maybe they will push it to June or July or mid-summer just to have a little more gap. We'll see. But I'm still, I'm expecting them to kind of follow the same pattern that they did this year for this series coming out. Especially if we're getting three of Skeleton Crew ends up kind of finishing the year off. But we shall see. Yeah, I think if I had to guess, I mean, obviously, like we get Bad Batch starting tomorrow and that's I mean, they they put out the release schedule for that. I think that's going into like April, um, but then Mando starts in March and that'll go for a couple months. So that'll probably be just all of March and April because it starts March 1st. Um, so I would think that they might want to spread it out a little bit more. And especially with Ahsoka, like we know around May last year, they had just started filming it. Um so I would not be surprised. I think May 4th, we'll get a trailer for Ahsoka. Um, we may, you know, will we get a, a teaser for it before then? I don't know. Maybe not because we're going to have Mando. So like maybe it'll just focus on promoting Mando. And then once that's done, maybe we get the first full length trailer for Ahsoka on May the 4th. And then I, if I had to bet money on it, as much as I would love to see Ahsoka premiere in May, I think I would bet more on it coming out in like June or July. Um so that way you get a little bit more of a gap between Mando and Ahsoka. They're not pushing the Star Wars series out so quickly. And you get to fill the time a little bit towards the end of the year before Skeleton Crew comes out. Because if we do get that uh, in 2023, um, I think it's probably going to be December. Um, maybe November at the very earliest. But I, again, if I had to put money on it, I would say December release for Skeleton Crew. Um but yeah, uh, I don't know. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, this whole release schedule, it might be not be the craziest thing, like you said, Paul, with Skeleton Crew maybe being pushed back till 2024, and then Ahsoka ends up being kind of like the fall slash winter Star Wars series to have that gap between Mando season three and that, plus whatever Marvel shows they have 
plan too to be out the course in the summer over the course of 2023 also to filter in so those aren't overlapping too much either so yeah i'm not so confident in my may <laughs> prediction now in fact i don't think it is going to happen now that i think about it more but um yeah but it'll be interesting to see when exactly how much they change their release releases moving forward and what we don't know what's going on behind the scenes if they're reshuffling you know, things they're just not laying things out for 2020 you know one of, one of the things i was thinking about too was you know i think with the fact that you have bob chapek out and bob Iger back in it does it's going to change some things because mm-hmm. bob chapek you know he really pushed disney plus to the max and and, and so that some of that was already with bob Iger. you know bob disney plus is bob Iger's baby yeah, but and he was the one that said, you know, streaming is the future, and and really was pushing them towards that. So right, but you know, but like I said, streaming's kind of been it's it's in a weird spot right now <clears throat> because you know there's with the pandemic and the recession, you know, looming coming up here, and with stocks going down, like Disney, it's not been it's it's been stable for Disney. It's it's definitely something they needed to do. It was smart. It's not saving them, you know, and I think that's the kind of thing now that I. Th- that with with i think chapek using this and put you know just putting things out there and he was a terrible leader but i mean like i think the fact that he's you're seeing those things kind of happen where those those ramifications on star wars and marvel you're seeing that happen now i think you're seeing that kind of go negatively to both franchises a little bit. I'm not saying it's all JPEG, but I think that there's a part of it on there. I think he probably pushed for, you know, let's be real. Maybe Book of Boba Fett could have been JPEG being like, get some out there ASAP. Like, I don't care. Like, get it out there. You know, I mean, because that seemed to come out of nowhere, to be quite honest. Um, I, I, I'm glad we got it. I think it's, it's, I think it's very like beat on for no reason. But, it does seem like they, that one kind of was fast tracked. Um, so I don't know. There's there's a lot there. I think I'm very curious what what Bob Iger is going to do, and, and it definitely feels like they're scaling back everything, you know. And, and and it makes me think that where the theaters places, and this is where I go back to the whole movie thing, you know, different mediums because you know Wakanda Forever uh, and Avatar Way of Water, you know, they're going to be in theater. Avatar Way of Water is going to be in forever. But well, kind of forever. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know, the movie came out what in November? Is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gonna and it's being rumored. I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but it's supposed to be come out in January. I think I it's thinking, February like, now. Yeah. It's Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny is like that makes sense, and that's about I think a longer. That's a, isn't that a longer drought than the other and some of the other movies? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them have been like a month and a half. Yeah. And you know what? I got to tell you, that's smart. And I think people are starting to realize, you know what? Maybe throwing this on Disney Plus in three months is kind of a dumb idea. I mean, look, look at it like this way. Look at Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange probably would have made a billion dollars if it would have kept in the theater a little bit longer and not and not advertise and not put a precedence on that. And it's I mean, I'm not sure how much more it would have made, but it made what, 900 million? And so look at like, uh, well, kind of forever. Like, I think it had like a 6% increase. Like, I mean, a lot of movies had percentages increases last week and, and it was a small one or so, it was, it was a slightly new, it wasn't six, but it was a slightly small increase. But think about that. 
if you would have put that movie out in like in like back you know that mindset you would have lost money you know what i mean like yeah a decent amount, a decent amount of money and i think they're starting to realize you know theaters yeah like like the you know they're not going to pay money to see a drama anymore probably but they're paying money to see a good quality you know action movie or, or science fiction movie and, and what kind of forever is showing it's got some legs it's not like you know world beater but it's got some legs and it's because it's a good movie and you should see it in the theater and i think that that's the cool thing is i think we're starting to see everything kind of come together and i think they're starting to realize you know streaming not exactly the smartest it's it's not the it's not it's not gonna save us it's a tool in the tool shed it's a very important tool but it's not the tool we use and i think that now you know because i mean black widow how that was handled i mean you could have made so much i mean granted that's a different time because the pandemic was still pretty fresh but i mean look at batman the batman movie that only made 700 million in the theater that movie if you wouldn't have set that precedence of HBO Max and you would have not told people when it's coming to theaters that movie probably makes close to a billion not 750 yeah was it just a month I think it was on or yeah the most two and a half yeah yeah think about that movie if you would have if you would have treated that like Wakanda forever that movie crosses almost a billion at that point because that buzz and I know a lot of people didn't go see it in the theater because they knew it was coming in a month and a half and you know and I think you're you're starting to realize that extra 100 million you need that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not money. It's not money you want to just be like, oh, I don't really need that. I need to put it in my streaming because those same people, they're gonna wait. You know, they're not. You're not losing those people. They'll keep it around. You know, it's like I mean, there maybe some people will, will turn and, and turn it off and turn it back on, but you know what? Not a lot of people are going to. And I think that you're starting to see the value of the theater. The theater experience is going to change. I think Star Wars falls into that. I say all that to say Star Wars, this movie, they're, they're fast tracking. And there's a reason, you know, they want to, they know they're going to make that money and they're going to, and it's going to make a good chunk of money at that theater and they're going to put it on Disney plus and they're going to win on that. And I think that's what they realize. And so I think that that's what we're, you know, that's what they need to do. And I think it's exciting because I think the theater experience with Avatar and Spider-Man and Wakanda Forever and Doctor Strange, Lord knows, uh, I think Thor would have made more money if if the Disney Plus was not known. I think that movie came to theater, you know, that that was a little more of a dud, but you know, as far as financially, and then they fast tracked it that way. But if people knew that already or didn't know that it was going to come fast tracked, they everyone kind of knew. Oh, wait for Disney Plus. If they didn't know, like with Wakanda Forever, maybe people would go see it. So I think you're seeing now the balance of having a theater theatrical release and a, and a Disney plus release and what that means. Um, I, I remember hearing that um, Bob Iger fired the guy who was running uh, Disney movies and things like that, you know, and, and, and gave, gave the power back to the studios to have what movies go to, to streaming and what don't and vice versa. I have to imagine when they go to, when they go to uh, streaming, they'll have that power back. Does that make sense? Because they fired that guy. Bob Iger's like, get out of here, you know? So there's there's a lot of shifting. And I hope, I just pray, guys, that theaters, they look at this and go, we got to like, we got to do some remodeling. We got to take these small screens out and we got to do bigger screens all the way around. 
And instead of having like 12 screens, let's have four giant screens and let's put out the best stuff. And I know people are going to be like, what about the small films? You know, our house theater is still going to be around, but those, those, you know, because, you know, I'll be honest, I'm not seeing movies in the theater on small screens. Uh, uh ain't doing it. I'm going premium all the way. I want IMAX. I want the biggest screen, the best sound. That's what I'm doing. And in Star Wars, it fits that mold perfectly, right? So I just think that Star Wars, you know, with this movie, they're fast tracking. The avatars of Wakanda Forever's adult Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, they are showing you people will go to the theater for the right experience. And Star Wars is a right experience. So let's... Uh, well, yeah, I but I, I don't... I don't think that's necessarily anything new as far as Star Wars is concerned. No, I, mean, no, I agree. Since, no, like they, they know. you know, I'm not saying that they should just focus on Disney Plus for you know for Star Wars stuff from now on. Oh, Obviously, I, I still want to see Star Wars movies in the theater, and they've been trying to get more Star Wars movies, and it's just not been working out. I mean, we've had canceled well, project after canceled project after delayed project after canceled project. Um, there was but, a conscious effort of not doing that for a while. There was a conscious effort of giving it a break. That's why there's a huge gap between the when Bob Iger before he left or, or whoever it was announced those movies said, "Oh, we'll put our flag down here," and then they weren't going to make it. Like there was a big gap between there on purpose. They wanted to take a break, and in well, hindsight, that was a mistake. I don't necessarily think so. I think we needed a break I, after after Rise of Skywalker. And they said, you know, we're going to take a break with the movies for a little bit after episode took, nine. They, I agree to an extent, but there's too long of a break. They should have been. Mm, well, no, because they, at that point, they announced there was going to be a movie in 2023. I think a break of four years for the movies while you get the Disney Plus stuff up and running off the ground. I don't think that was a mis mistake at all. I think they've should've obviously, I, I think they've obviously made some mistakes on the film side that have led to they're not being well who cares if it was three or four, there wouldn't have been a movie in three years anyways with no, the way that the movie I productions have gone. I disagree. I disagree. Because if you had a movie that you had, if you had that release date moved up, you kidding me? They would have you, put, so you, they would so have you think, you think Rogue Squadron would have come out no, this past it year? Been Rogue Squadron. It would have been something else. They obviously didn't have anything ready or they would have put because it out last year. They didn't have to year. worry about it because they didn't have to, well, well, no, they did. They had, what's his name? They had the freaking, the, the, those guys and they, they bought, and then they botched it. Oh, you talk so, about the the Game of Thrones yeah. guys? Yeah, 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 they botched it exactly. So they wouldn't have had it ready for next for no, last no, no, year. No, 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 no. But the reason, but a big reason why is that because they they didn't have to have it in production because mm. they wait. They had a full. They had a bigger cushion. The shorter cushion. They again. There's a reason why all this happens. They purposely did that so they could figure out like, okay, what's you know what do we want to do? Let's give it a break. You know. I think they should have what they should have done is had things more aligned. Cause if I think the, the double D guys, they would have had that movie out for that that theatrical release and Netflix, they would have been courted by Netflix because they've already would have been in production with that with that release date. The release date mm. was released. Mm, no, bro, it come on. Come on. All this first of all, all the issues with those guys with the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones and all the drama no, there. Dude, and then Bob all the Iron reports did not give of, a crap of, about that. Did not and give then a and then all the reports of creative differences. It's not like Netflix just stole them away. They're obviously Yes, it were, was. Dude. No. No. No, 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 no. Bob, dude, look, what what remember back in the day? And Tim, back me up on this. What did I say about Rotten Johnson? Bob Iger. Could have easily did you just say hey, Rotten Johnson? 
I said, Ryan, my, my, my voice is bad. No, no. <laughs> when, when, when he was talking about those movies, he never once brought up that guy because he didn't want him. And he only brought, he talked about, he, he, he led with the double D's. He, he definitely made it see they were the next, their movie was next in line. I right. And then, but they didn't no. just get bought away by Netflix. There were disagreements, there were creative differences, and the project fell apart. Dude, and that wouldn't left. have not they happened left. if you shaved a they year off the production time because they, because they didn't want they left the project not because of creative differences, dude. They left because Netflix they were like, Oh, we gotta do this, we gotta leave for Netflix. That was the reason mm, it wasn't creative I think differences. That's, uh, I don't think so, dude. No, that, that's never that, that's we're showing give, when we're done. In our in our in our group chat, this is this is this is why you come to the show, guys. Right? This is you know not for hour long conversations of me and Kyle arguing. Um, but no, <laughs> seriously, show me the link where it says create. Give me the the, the genuine reports. Of I'm not even gonna wait till it's over. Program. I'm gonna look it up right now because I do. I there mean, what do we have to go off? Just the official press release, right? Saying they weren't. No yeah, longer there involved. was no. It was unprecedented because because of that reason. It wasn't because. Of Game of Thrones season six reaction, I can promise you that. No, it wasn't because, that. But I just think whatever, whatever they had in mind, it was that whole thing. Was just I think them, the creators, and those at Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy not being on the same page further in than it you would like to a production to get into. But as far as like story direction or it, direction, but it was movie net, and all that. But, but. Net, but the Netflix deal put dampened everything because it, that halted was that, their see, how, to be honest i don't remember i thought the netflix stuff came after it was revealed they weren't part of lucas okay no no no. Anyway. so so here's there's because i think when they first left it was it was around the same time the netflix thing was announced but there were some other reports later like if you google benioff and white star wars first article that comes up says uh it's from cnbc um and basically does say that the two uh, walked away from Star Wars uh, to leave for Netflix, basically. Um, but then the next is an article from Variety um, that says Benioff and Weiss reportedly left Star Wars, at least in part due to toxic fandom. Um, and there's other, all these other articles that just, you know, there was a lot of speculation, a lot of back and forth. So again, it's just one of those things where it's like just, you know, them signing on to do Star Wars, being excited about Star Wars, and then going, now nah, we're going to just take netflix's money instead and walk away from this there was a lot more to it than that i i i think that they were probably worried you know um about going from one fandom to another yes but it wasn't creative that's my point it wasn't creative differences and it wasn't and they and once they got a huge deal from netflix they're like you know what we're gonna do this see ya and that's where it went it, i don't think it was creative differences i think they had their thing and then once you know they got one taste of one toxic fandom it wasn't disney being like get out of here because bob Iger did not want to no, lose yeah. that. Mm -hmm. so that's and that's what i'm saying man they had their opportunities and they were like mm, nah we're good we already dealt with one crappy fandom we want to deal with another and you know i don't blame them yeah, so well, it was regardless, so back to the point, that still would have happened regardless of what the release window was, I think. So I but I, I don't see I don't know that because they because remember that was announced way before. And I and I'm and I'm wondering if if they again we, we don't know for sure, but all I'm saying is that I think three years it put them in a lull. And they and and it's obviously they pulled them in a lull because they they tried to last minute 
put Patty Jenkins in an X-Wing and try to make a movie. And it didn't work. So, yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Catholic- I, I Also, they had three years between when Disney bought Lucasfilm and when The Force Awakens came out. And look how much, you know, good planning for the entire trilogy they did with that time. So... Oh, I'm well, all for long well, period, you know, just like you were talking about with the with the uh, the TV series. I'm all for long periods between movies if it leads to better movies. In fact, I, I would I, say I'm, I agree. I'm more for that with movies than I am for TV. Right. I don't mind them cranking out quick, cheap TV series if they're right. entertaining. But movies, you have to, like you said, nail that theatrical experience. And but you've got to take the time window, to man, that They right. had things in the fire, but they botched it. That's my point. Like it wasn't like it was like it create all creative differences. It was more like it, everything kept falling apart because of bad, honestly, organization, in my opinion. And I think you know they didn't have things lined up. Kathleen Kennedy rested on her laurels a little bit too much. And again, I'm not a ba- I'm not a KK basher. I'm only I can only criticize her when I think she deserves it, and she definitely deserves it. How she handled the films, how she handled TV has been pretty good so far. How she's handled the films. Barring, I think, uh, Force Awakens and Rogue One has been pretty, pretty bad. And I think her, how it's handled afterwards and the big gap, I think it was a bad call. They needed a gap. But every two years, they had a movie already lined up. They, they, she rested way too much on that. Now, granted, they, they, they maybe, I think Avatar played a part in that, um, to be honest, but you don't have to be sold on Christmas. And I think she like she rested on her laurels and then she and it got bitter. And I think they're and right now they're scrambling. And I hope this movie that comes out in 2023 is good. And, <laughs> there's, there's no movie coming out in 2023. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I will bet you a black series figure there is no Star Wars movie coming um, out in 2023. What, what, what did I say? I'm 20, whatever. Whatever movie they put out next. But the thing is, I it it'll be interesting because. I don't think she lasts. I think she's done after the the summer. I think she's done. It makes mm. sense after after Indiana Jones. It's the perfect time, man. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, we'll I, see. People have been saying that about her for years. So, bro, and I I've never said, and you know, I've never said she's out. I've never said that until now. I think it's it's it just seems with Bob back, he's back. And I think they're going to, I don't think she's gone like right away, but I think they announced she's leaving at the end of the year or like sometimes in the next year or so. So I'm calling it now. You've with Bob Iger in there. They're going to want to find someone that can replace her that he can, that he vouches for that the, that the board will be happy with. It's the perfect time. And right after dial of destiny, it's the perfect time. Usher in one more movie. Perfect time. It's going to happen. She's been in it for a long time. I think she's done mostly good, but it's time. So I'm calling it now. 2023, Catherine Kennedy will, will be announced. Not she won't leave officially. She'll announce she's leaving at some point. I will be surprised if you're right, but we'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, she's not going to be there forever, but um, I don't know. I don't necessarily have indi- any indication that that's going to happen this year, but I do agree that there probably will be some changes with, with Bob Iger being back in charge and hopefully he can help write the ship um, on the, the film side of things. Um, and, you know, we can get back to getting some uh, great quality theatrical experiences with star Wars um, here in the not too distant future. I don't know. I mean, you know, again, we're, 
we were supposed to get Rogue Squadron in 2023 and then Taika Waititi's movie in 2025, um, which I think he at least said he's started writing, but he's also said some things kind of similar to Ryan Johnson about his trilogy where it's like, oh, like I'm hoping it'll happen. Like we're still having discussions. Like, I don't know. I'm busy. My schedule, blah, 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 whatever. Like, Five so years I'm, later. Not, I'm not super confident in Tycho's movie right now either. Um, and we've also got that, the, you know, I hope movie the, one that, day do the movie that Kevin Feige is supposed to be involved ago. with, with the guy that he, with uh, what's his name, Michael Waldron or whatever, who wrote Dr. Strange. So, well, at least um, we know that Waldron's writing it. Like he's talked about writing it. Like he's actually actively writing it. Well, he was until I think he got the. Um, uh, is he writing King Dynasty? I, I think have no writing, idea. I think he's writing King Dynasty. I think he Taylor, is. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's right. So, I, you know, your point remains. He was writing it up until like, right before Celebration. Remember. So yeah, I just um, remember that was one of those things where you know. I think they were doing the press for Doctor Strange and Kevin Feige was like, oh, we haven't started working on it yet. But then Michael Waldron was like, oh, yeah, like I'm writing it right now. And there were kind of like conflicting reports on what the status of that was. Uh, um, I, so I regardless, all I'm saying is yeah. there's a lot of there's still a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of plates up in the air with the movie stuff. Um, but hopefully Bob Iger can kind of settle that down obviously that's a big part of why they brought him back i don't know with you know again all these things that have fallen by the wayside or kind of fallen through the cracks how much of that was because of bob chapek's leadership um but you know there's just been you know a lot of shakeups a lot of stuff that has not come through but hopefully in these next couple of years we'll start having some stability and hopefully we can you know get the movies back up and going and that they can have the same level of success and consistency that they're doing with the tv stuff right now Um, but anyway, so, I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about all the stuff that came out last year. We've, or, you know, we've, we've talked about the stuff that's coming up for this year, um, at least on the TV side, you know, so again, we talked about Bad Batch, um, you know, Mando, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew. We've also got Star Wars Visions, uh, that we're supposed to be getting another season of sometime this year. And then of course, you know, Tim and I talked about this on our last episode, but we've also got Jedi Survivor coming out in March. That's going to be, you know, a, a huge thing for those of us that are Star Wars gaming fans. Um, and the the tie-in novel that comes out prior to that, uh, Jedi Battle Scars also comes out like 10 days before that in March. Um, so March is going to be a crazy month for Star Wars um, with a lot of cool stuff coming later in the year as well. And, uh, you know, obviously more books and comics and things like that throughout the year too. We've also got, um, celebration Europe in April. Um, so I'm sure we'll, you know, get some more trailers and announcements and stuff there. Actually, maybe depending on when Ahsoka comes out, maybe we'll get like the first teaser trailer for it at, celebration or i don't know maybe they'll like show it behind closed doors at celebration and then release it publicly on may the 4th because you know there's always stuff released at celebration and then they always put out something for may 4th whether it's a series debut or just a, a big trailer or something like that um but i don't think ahsoka is going to be ready to come out on may 4th but it's like you know they they got to have something for that so i assume that's when we'll be seeing a lot of the stuff about the upcoming series um <clears throat> and maybe some film announcements if you know they finally got some stuff you know, ready to talk about, but um, who knows, but obviously it's going to be a year of a lot of, you know, exciting projects coming out and a lot of exciting announcements about future stuff. Maybe we'll even, you know, since the Acolyte is filming right now, maybe at Celebration, we'll get our first tease of that, even though I'm, I'm sure that's probably not coming out till 2024. Um, 
but really looking forward to uh, getting to see some of that as well whenever they're ready to show it to us. So it's been a great year ahead. Um, but looking back, I mean, obviously we, you know, we got into a lot of debates about some of the issues with the shows last year and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, obviously there was a lot to love as well. But I want to know for you guys, what was your uh, favorite piece of Star Wars content we got back in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to zero in on, on one specific moment. It's going to come from Obi-Wan and I'm sure this is going to be your guys' too or near your top. I mean, that final confrontation between Vader and Obi-Wan, that just lived up and even surpassed my expectations of how great I think it could be. Not even just the lightsaber fight, but the conversation they had at the end where Obi-Wan sliced off part of Vader's mask and how Obi-Wan apologizes and Anakin saying, you know, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker, I did. And just the acting from both Hayden and Ewan were just top tier at that moment. And it just was a joy to behold as something that you were just really looking forward to seeing and that it actually surpasses your expectations for characters we've had many great moments before in the past and we just add another one to that that was just it was an all-timer and that was something that was going to be hard to top for star wars in 2022 and it, in fact it didn't get topped but but there are <laughs> some other good ones too so uh, but that one for me it's just it was a special seeing that for the first time and it's still like a chill inducing moment whenever i rewatch that sequence again so that one, I mean, I couldn't choose anything else other than that confrontation between Obi-Wan and Vader in Obi-Wan Kenobi. So that was your favorite moment. But then what was your favorite series overall? Um, or I guess we could say, like, if we could say series or if it happened to be a book or something that you like better in terms of, like, an overall sort of body of, of content, if you will. No, yeah, I probably have to go with Obi-Wan just overall. Because, again, when it first came out, I even said it before, it was exactly what i was hoping for in those first few episodes but not what i was expecting because the thing that i think really took it to another level for me is just the dynamic between obi-wan and leia and this seeing the relationship that they had as characters and again we're always talking about obi-wan in association with luke watching him grow up protect growing up and protecting him on tatooine but now that he got this moment in his life and leia this connection and bond that they made that they had in this series was just fantastic and it just makes a new hope even better in certain moments with Leia and Obi-Wan in that movie and just in overall in general, just the history of these characters now it just enriched even more so because of this series. And you throw in the dynamic with um, Vader and Obi-Wan, the flashbacks with Anakin and Obi-Wan. So there's just so much to love about the series that um, I have to pick that as my favorite. And it was going into it. That probably would have been the logical choice for me to end up uh, living up to that expectation. So yeah, I got to give it to Obi-Wan. Surprised, I am not <laughs> right. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I feel, I feel like my voice has got it still sounds rough, but it's gotten better in my opinion uh, a little bit. <laughs> the more you talk, um, the more it heals. The more it heals. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, warming it up. No, um, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and say, um, you know, Obi Wan. Um, it, it it sucks because it there's like whenever you watch it. There's parts where I'm like, why does it look so cheap here? You know, there's like parts where I'm like, this is so good. It's like, it just bums me out because I think it like if you would have just maybe made a couple more better decisions on production wise, it'd be a flawless show. Um, you know, the actress who played Leia, uh, you know, I, I, she was solid. Um, she was, you know, it wasn't the best performance by a kid, but it was not bad. I mean, I thought the story was pretty good 
overall like not oh, yeah. the execution of everything but like the the, the 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 structure of the story and the reasons for having everything it's all i i said it then i'll say it now it's 1000 percent locked like that that is like as tight and as like as legit as you're gonna make it you could not write a better in my opinion or a better premise for obi-wan leaving the planet than yes. that Mm-hmm. like yeah. that and, and that to me is what a big reason why i love the show um and obviously you and you know, he, he never he never was bad ever um you know it just sucks because you have those, those that one really bad scene like like honestly that first episode is the worst part of the series in my opinion and it sets a bad precedence for the entire series because when we watch it i'm like god parts of this look really bad and then like in parts of episode four are a little kind of clunky here and there but for the most part, I'm like, it's a dang good show, man. And like, I just love it. And 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 ultimately, that last episode effing wrecked me for many different reasons. And I just, I love that show. I want to see more Obi-Wan. I think they need, they need to do another season two and really give Obi-Wan a really high production, look, nice and or looking show to give him some justification because... I think that show is really good. It's I think it's easily the most rewatchable of all of them. And I think Andor is good. I don't want to sit through 12 episodes of Andor all the time. I want to watch certain episodes of Andor all the time. Yes, like the eyes, incredible. But I don't want to rewatch the whole thing. Or I want to see snippets of Luthen episodes only. You know, whereas Obi-Wan, I could sit down and watch that all the way through. It's not perfect, but it's got a pretty good flow to it. And, and I think for the most part, it looks great. And I mean, come on, you visit Inquisitors, the Inquisitors, like freaking like hideout. And they're, it's, I mean, come on, it's awesome. So, I mean, yeah. it's definitely the most ambitious of all the three. And when you take, you know, it's like, you got, you're going to love this guy. It's, it's like a power hitter in baseball, you know, it's going to have a low average, but when it hits, mm. it's going to, yeah. hit, you're going to like it. So to me, you know, uh, Andor was the, is the batting champion of the three, uh, I think I think that um, you know Obi Wan is the power hitter, like the, the guy who hits the most home runs. He's the Aaron Judge of the three. Um, Thank and you, Paul. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's for you, uh, Tim. And I think Book of Boba Fett is the uh, Mariners of the, that just gotten squeaked in the playoffs. You know, <laughs> got in and, and did it. It wasn't. It, it had some moments of great moments, but didn't deliver in the end, and that's unfortunate. But it had some great moments still. So how you like those comparisons? But yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi is my, my favorite. Yeah, it's funny because I would almost make the same comparison for Obi or for, for uh Book of Boba Fett if we're talking baseball stuff. Like maybe uh Obi-Wan is like a power hitter who strikes out a lot but hits a lot of big, you know, spectacular home runs, and Book of Boba Fett is a pitcher who walks a lot of guys and maybe doesn't have great command, but also throws like a hundred miles an hour and, you know, get some really nasty strikeouts or something like that. Um, but yeah, honestly, for me, I'm going to go with Andor as my favorite of the year. Um, probably a, because I feel like the quality was the most consistent across the board. Um, it was probably the biggest surprise for me in terms of, um, again, just, you know, going in, maybe having kind of the lowest expectations, not because I thought it was going to be bad, but just because I I wasn't as hyped for it and didn't have as high expectations and, you know, maybe didn't know as much what to expect. Um, But gosh, I, I just loved the 
performances. I loved the locations, the costumes, just the way they did everything from a production standpoint and directing and writing and, and acting and everything. Like it's, I love getting, again, I'm not saying every Star Wars series needs to be like this, but it was great to get a Star Wars series that was on that level like where it's in people's, you know, conversations at the end of the year for like best drama and not just, you know, best sci-fi show or best, uh, you know, nerdy like genre fandom show. But like people are putting it up there against, you know, House of the Dragon and Better Call Saul and, you know, like the serious dramas and Andor's in that same conversation and people are taking it seriously. Um, and, uh, but, you know, it's also like not just all of that serious stuff. It's not just the fact that it's, it's good filmmaking, but that it also has those fantastic star Wars moments in the episodes, like the eye and in one way out and, you know, the finale um, and really just adding this really rich, you know, layers of depth and subtext and everything to the struggle of the rebellion versus the empire and showing us just a lot more of the, the gritty day-to-day -day life in that time period and really showing, you know, more, sort of flawed human sides of these characters that we've never really seen before. Um, I thought that was all just fantastic. I also love the way that it, you know, it built on its story and built the the tension and the momentum throughout the season, especially in the back half. Uh, because, you know, we talked about this, how in the first half, like the first three episodes felt like a, a good story arc where it started out kind of slow, but by the third episode, it was really good. And then it felt like there was kind of a reset. And with episode four, it was like, okay, this is the beginning of a new story arc and we're kind of starting out slow again, but then it ramps up. And by episode six, you get a spectacular episode with the eye that's made better by, you know, the buildup of the two episodes previous. But then from that point on, you don't have another like reset, start another story arc. Everything from that point is then snowballing off of the sort of the consequences of the things that happen in both of those first two story arcs, the stuff on Ferrix and the stuff on Aldani. And it feels like things really get rolling into motion and there's not really a, a break in the action or in the um, just sort of the, the pacing of the story from that point forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I just love the way that that was, um, you know, all pulled off and executed and uh, gosh, you know, just some absolutely fantastic performances from, uh, not only Diego Luna, but, you know, Andy Serkis and uh, Stellan Skarsgård and Genevieve O'Reilly um, and, uh, you know, just everybody involved in that show. I can't wait for season two. Can't wait to see K2 and, uh, you know, maybe some more, some, uh, you know, some more familiar Star Wars faces in there like uh, Bail Organa. And I'm hoping we get to maybe see Hera or like somebody from Rebels or something like that. Um, but for its own first, you know, first season that was more or less a self-contained story, that, uh, you know, again, as we've said, didn't really focus too much on Easter eggs or, or big connections to other stories or whatever. Um, I thought they just, you know, did a really good job at, at executing what they set out to do. Um, and of course, I loved Obi-Wan and Boba Fett as well. If I had to pick, you know, a, a favorite moment um, or maybe favorite episode or something, I mean, obviously the, the Vader Obi-Wan confrontation is up there. But I think my favorite moment from Obi-Wan was actually the end of that finale. And kind of the whole resolution to everything, especially like Obi-Wan's, con uh, his conversation with Leia on Alderaan, where he's telling her about her parents and everything, and then going back to Tatooine and saying hello there to Luke for the first time. And then um, him, you know, finally getting to commune with Qui-Gon as he rides off into the desert. That whole, you know, like the final 10 minutes of that episode was definitely my favorite moment from Obi-Wan. Um but if I had to, I, I, it's hard between that and Book of Boba Fett. And I know, Tim, you know, you were talking about how 
those two Mandalorian episodes kind of distracted from the Boba Fett story. And it was unfortunate that we went, you know, two episodes of a Boba Fett series without seeing, you know, hardly any of Boba Fett. Um, but at the same time, you know, those, <laughs> yeah. those two episodes with Mando are some freaking phenomenal Star Wars, especially uh, that episode five, The Return of the Mandalorian, uh, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who has just knocked out of the park everything she's directed so far. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably my favorite single episode of the year, going from, you know, Mando, like, wielding the Darksaber and returning to the armor and learning the history of Mandalore and the Night of a Thousand Tears and all that kind of stuff, and then getting exiled as a Mandalorian and going back to Tatooine, where he ends up racing a Naboo starfighter through Beggar's Canyon, like... I can't tell you how many times during that episode I just had a giant grin on my face. It was just going, no way. Like, I can't believe I'm watching this right now. Um, so that was I mean, a you BD know, droid for good measure, too. Yeah, <laughs> throwing a BD droid. Uh, gosh, you know, and again, he's, he's using the Darksaber and having training duels with, you know, with the armor and, and Paz Vizsla and all this stuff. Like, that was just, that was a Star Wars feast. Um so yeah, that's probably my favorite episode of the year. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just cool that we have all that that fun stuff to uh, to pick from. And then, I mean, heck, Tales of the Jedi too. I mean, we've hardly talked about that, but that was also fantastic, especially those Dooku episodes. Oh, and yeah. the, um, you know, seeing his whole arc of becoming disillusioned with the Jedi and the Republic and, and you know, becoming a Sith finally at the end. Um was kind of you know it was just icing on the cake of all this great star wars content we've gotten this year so um but yeah we had a you know a lot to enjoy and a lot to chew on but then looking forward to 2023 um if you had to pick one star wars project that you're most looking forward to coming up this year what would you pick before i move around to 2023 i just want to give a quick shout out for some 2022 stuff on the publication side you mentioned shadows of the sith I absolutely love that book. That's def- that's my new favorite book in the new canon. And it's up there. Just one of my favorite Star Wars books in general. I just absolutely loved it. And then also, too, I want to give a shout out to the the current ongoing Darth Vader run in Marvel Comics. I think that's still been a steady, consistently good title. But like the only Star Wars title I actually get on a monthly basis and not wait for it to go on Marvel Unlimited. I just really like the story that they're and what they're diving into with Vader and with Sabe and that weird relationship that they have going on and working together and Ochi of Bastoon being in there, some great stuff. And if you wanted to see the reunion of Vader, Kitster and Wald, you get it in that comic. So <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. But um, it just, it's a story that I think is just really interesting to see. I think from that series first launch, I found it to be a really interesting way and a nice balance of looking at the past with Anakin and how it's tying into what he's going through now as Vader, just what's going on in his head and thinking about those moments of him being Anakin and his, and the stuff that went down during the prequels that we saw and how it's kind of affecting him at this point in the saga. So that Darth Vader comic is still continuing to be a really good series. I just enjoy reading month to month. And I think that it's going to continue into 2023 as well. So definitely want to give a shout out to those two before moving on to 2023. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I'll add to that too, Star Wars Brotherhood. I still haven't finished Shadow of the Sith, but I promise I'm going to finish that sooner than later. <laughs> <You> got to. <laughs> um, gosh, I got a PS5 for Christmas and now I'm playing a lot more video games than I had been recently. So it's hard to, to like, I got to force myself to make time for reading. I'm trying to do that this year too, is just spend more time reading books. Um, and probably the first one I'm going to read <clears> is go back and finish Shadow of the Sith. So 
Um, but Brotherhood, I thought was also fantastic. Just a great look at um, the development of Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship in the early days of the Clone Wars and Anakin, you know, becoming a Jedi Knight for the first time and just the way that that changes their dynamic and kind of seeing that shift from master and apprentice to uh, friends and brothers and comrades who trust each other and, and have this, you know, more of a, a mutual respect. So, um, and there was a lot of fun stuff in that book. We got to finally see, you know, the business on Cato Nemoidia that didn't count um, and just lots of fun stuff in there for Clone Wars fans with, you know, them meeting Ventress for the first time and, uh, you know, the book ending with them, like getting their clone armor for the first time. And it's got some nice references to the Revenge of the Sith novel and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that was uh, definitely my favorite thing this year on the publishing side, at least that I've finished so far. Also, you know, <laughs> Shadows of the Sith. I'm really, I've really enjoyed what I've read of it so far. And I remember when they put out that excerpt of it that had that really cool scene with Luke on Exegol and just, you know, I, I lost my mind just reading that excerpt. Um, so I need to get back and finish the book. And I think I got past that part. And that's kind of why I slowed down is I was just like, oh, okay, I, I kind of got what I came here for. And it's like, no, you got to finish the whole thing. You came here to finish the whole story. So um, I'll get back to that sooner than later. But um, yeah, there's definitely some, some good stuff this year for books as well. But um, yeah, so 2023, favorite stuff or stuff we're most looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard not to pick this one, but Ahsoka, that series, I mean, just the fact that I think they've done a great job of bringing Ahsoka into live action with her appearances in The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and how Rosario Dawson has played her. So just glad to see that's going to continue in her own series, but I just think we're going to get some mind-blowing, game-changing stuff that's going to be some of the best moments in the saga. It's just sign, the signs are all pointing there. But <laughs> we got the announcement that Hayden's going to be back. We've seen that they're bringing back Mark Hamill uh, in Book of Boba Fett with the de aging technology that just keeps getting better. And I just think we're going to be in for some special stuff. And I'm trying to keep my expectations in check because just talking about that, just thinking of the possibilities of a conversation between Ahsoka, Luke, and a Force Ghost, Anakin. I mean, that's going to be. A, something to behold if that's indeed what happens but if it doesn't i don't want to set myself up for disappointment but it's hard not to get excited about the potential of that series and just continuing off of what um looks to be this season or the series finale of rebels and the search that ahsoka and sabine are going to go on for ezra and uh presumably grand Admiral thrawn probably showing up in there and so just a lot of stuff to be excited about but i'm just i also think we're going to go to some deep dives with the force too because i keep going back to that uh, first poster we got that's just the logo of the title of Soka, but then you look at the markings behind it that are pretty much the same thing that are we saw in the world between worlds so we just get some more deep dive into some crazy force stuff like we got in the world between worlds mortis and to get that in live action it's gonna be mind-blowing so that is definitely my most anticipated star wars project for 2023 <laughs> not that far <laughs> for 2023 so hmm. yeah hopefully we'll get a release date soon so i can really start uh, anticipating and just getting excited for when i will actually be able to see it so but yeah it's definitely ahsoka for me yeah <clears throat> you know i'm gonna say probably um probably ahsoka i mean mandalorian season three sure but Ahsoka is just because it's continuing Rebels, and I really love Rebels, so I'm going with that. Yeah, for me, it's it's so hard. It really is like 
a dead heat between Mando season three, Ahsoka, and throw in Jedi Survivor for good measure. Um, I'm really excited for the continuation of that game. I love those characters. I'm excited to play it on my PS5 that I got for Christmas and, you know, see the, you know, what they can do with the next gen hardware and everything. Um, and then of course, you know, I'm excited for Ahsoka for all the reasons you guys just talked about, but also I almost feel like Mando is like the sleeper hit. It's like, and not like a sleeper hit. Like, <laughs> like we, we know Mando is good, but at the same time, like every time a, a new season of Mando comes out, I'm almost like, man, I forgot how much I love this or even showing him and, you know, showing him pop up in book of Boba Fett. Um, you know, heck at the end of that fourth episode of book of Boba Fett, when they talk about like, Oh, we got to recruit some more bounty hunters. Um, I'm like, Oh man, we're going to get boss. We're going to get Dengar. We're going to get IG 88. I was excited for all these other bounty hunters. And then you hear the Mandalorian theme. And I was like, man, are we just only going to get Mando? And then the next season Mando comes in and I'm super excited to see Mando again. You know, it's again, it's like every time he shows up, I almost forget how much I love the guy. So, um, it's almost like I'm more, I'm a little more excited for just all the cool stuff we're going to get to see in the Ahsoka series with, you know, again, Thrawn and, and, you know, all the characters from Rebels and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, just a new Jedi adventure. Um, but I think it's like if I had to put money on which one is going to be better, I would probably say Mando season three. Um, and I think that's going to have just more cool surprises, more stuff that we're not expecting um, and I just love these Mandalorians, man, especially, like I said, after that, that episode in Book of Boba Fett, like I just love delving into the lore and learning about, you know, the culture of the different Mandalorian factions and, you know, the, the different ways that they interpret, like what is the way and the way to be a true Mandalorian and just, you know, the history of Mandalore and the Darksaber and their struggle against the Empire and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I think for all those reasons, I, I probably am going to go with Mando season three as the one that i'm looking forward to the most but um it's a good problem to have having to choose between the three of those or i guess you don't have to choose between the three we're gonna get to experience all of them and i hope that they're all fantastic so um yeah this year is gonna be uh something really special yep and it all kicks off tomorrow as we're recording this with the bad bat so i'm just, I'm looking forward to that as well i, I rewatched some episodes from the first season the premiere and the finale that series is so good man <laughs> from the animation to the characters i'm just so glad that's picking up again and we're gonna be back to the to squad 99 again so it's i can't wait for that to get going and have 16 weeks or not 16 weeks but 16 episodes of the bad patch again yeah i think it's like 14 weeks or something because there's a couple weeks where we get two episodes yeah. but um yeah i'm looking forward to it can't wait to watch it tomorrow it's going to be fun um and can't wait to be back and talk about it with you guys on our next episode um and of course i'll also be on uh be back on rebel cells uh this season talking about it with mike and joe so um i'm not sure when we're going to be recording our first episode for that season but um i'll be on there before we're back on here because we'll probably be back on here in another like two or three weeks talking about the uh the first few episodes um but yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to Bad Batch. Looking forward to getting into all this great new Star Wars content for 2023. Um, but before we wrap up, uh, Tim, I know you put out a question on social media for our listeners to see uh, what everybody else was excited for and what they liked about 2022. So uh, what did our listeners have to say? Yeah, first up uh, on Twitter, Paul says, um, I really enjoyed all of them, but Andor stands out as my favorite. And then John Connor says, I... My most favorite was Obi-Wan Kenobi, with my second favorite being The Book of Boba Fett, and finally, Tales of the Jedi. And then Derek Beebe says, a lot of great stuff, but Kenobi was the topper for me. Nothing beats the reunion of Obi-Wan and Vader. 
Ewan and Hayden. So yeah, I mean, can't go wrong with any of the choices <laughs> from I, th I think from the stuff that we got this year. So yeah, thank you guys as always for chiming in to sharing what was your favorite uh, Star Wars content for 2022. And I'm sure it's going to be another tough choice in 2023 when it's all said and done. Yeah, definitely. And one other little thing that we didn't even talk about, I think one of my favorite Star Wars moments of 2022 was not even the the Kenobi show itself, but like just sort of the lead up to it and the press tour and everything. And just mm -hmm. seeing Ewan and Hayden together doing all these interviews yeah. and talking about Star Wars and reminiscing about the prequel trilogy and talking about how much fun it was to get to come back and do this together for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So it's almost like I, I just loved having Hayden and Ewan back in Star Wars together more so than I actually loved the series itself, if that made sense. Um, no, I get, totally get what you're saying. Again, it just brought us back to those prequel days when they were just doing all the press junkets and interviews for episodes two and three and just how much fun that was. And just to kind of go back to that and hear, having them talk about Star Wars again, which is amazing. That was definitely part of the fun of the Obi-Wan series. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I mean, heck, even when they were like on the stage at Celebration doing the, you know, the Celebration Live or whatever with Anthony Carboni, and it was like a few hours until the, uh, the premiere of the show. And um, he's like, all right, we got just a few hours left till everybody gets to see this. You know, do you have any final message or any any last thing you want to say to the fans? And, uh, you know, Hayden just kind of with a cheeky smile on his face, leans real close into his microphone and says, this is where the fun begins. And the crowd just erupted and went nuts. Like that was one of my favorite Star Wars moments <laughs> of the whole year right there. That was just so cool. So, um, yeah, that was awesome. But. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for ch uh, chiming in with your thoughts. Um, you know, glad that you uh, you know enjoyed all this stuff from last year as much as we did, and uh, you know, hope we all hope we've all got um, a lot more great memories to look back on at the end of 2023. Um, but you know, that's going to do it for now. Um, as always, you know, if you want to connect with us online, chime in with your thoughts. You can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Um, or check out our Facebook page at Star Wars The Saga Continues. You can email us at uh, StarWarsTSC at gmail.com. And uh, you can check out our website at StarWarsTSC.com and find all of our past episodes on there. Um, but uh, yeah, that's going to do it for now. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Happy New Year. Enjoy this uh, great new year of Star Wars content. We will see you next time. And may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>